Hello and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange podcast, a Denver Post sports podcast for the Denver Broncos with your coverage team. I'm Kyle Fredrickson uh, in studio with Ryan O'Halloran leading up to training camp, taking a position-by-position look at the different units for the Broncos this year uh, as they hope to rebound from a five-win season under second-year coach Vance Joseph. Uh, Let's take a look at the offense, Ryan. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks to begin here. We could take a lot of different looks. Yeah, yeah, and let's start with Bill Musgrave for a second you know I think it was the right call he's been a lot of different places I think he's a good coordinator for a younger head coach and you know he you're gonna hear players a lot during camp say well his offense suits the players well that's what they all say it's just a different flavor but I think with Musgrave he seems on the same page with Keenum he knows you gotta get you gotta get the football to your playmakers but you also have to run it and so I think in camp you're going to see a lot of red zone emphasis. This was the worst red zone offense in the league last year. And maybe they got away from some of the situational practices last year while they were too busy trying to figure out who the heck the quarterback was. So I think with Bill Musgrave, you have a steady guy calling the plays. And you mentioned Musgrave suiting this offense to the players. Everyone says that. But the one recurring theme it seemed like over OTAs and minicamp was the simplicity of it. And maybe last year with a couple of young quarterbacks, things were a bit more too complicated. Is that an oversimplified version of what's happening? Do, do you think it's uh, a real thing that this playbook has been dumbed down a bit? Yeah, that's... It's weird because they then they you know they they quote unquote dumb it down, but now they have a veteran quarterback. Right. So, I think it was more a philosophical thing. I mean, to fire a guy in the middle of the season that means the head coach was wanting to see some things, and the offensive coordinator was like, "No, it's my offense. <laughs> right. uh, get stepping, Mike. You're in Arizona now." So, uh, I think one of the things is with the the one word play calls he talked about that just makes them more uh, able to do some hurry up and some stuff at the line of scrimmage just to mix up the tempo a little bit for sure and so when we look at this this quarterback's group that's sort of where we'll start with this position breakdown uh Thankfully for the Broncos, no real uh, competition here. Case Keenum is the guy. They wouldn't have paid him the money they did and bring him in from Minnesota if that wasn't the case. Um, Behind him, Chad Kelly, uh, a guy who really hasn't proven himself quite yet out of Ole Miss, really getting his first real training camp experience with the Broncos. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Paxton Lynch, uh, no introduction necessary there, Uh, looking more and more like a flop as these years go on uh, for John Elway and and really kind of finding who the franchise QB is. Uh, For you, a guy who's, who's covered the league for a long time. What do you make of this quarterback room? How, how well in a position are the Broncos to, to compete with that quarterback? Well, I, I think they upgraded greatly with Keenum. Um, he hasn't started a ton of games, but he's been in different systems. He's worked with a lot of different coaches, so he's he's melded all that knowledge into to last year with Minnesota, where you know lightning struck. He had a dream year, where he represents an upgraded couple areas leadership. Everybody in the building knows he's going to be QB1. That makes a ton of difference. People have no idea. That's why we're here to tell them that. <laughs> right. it, just, it just allows everybody there to concentrate on other stuff because they don't have to like judge a competition at quarterback. He's pretty athletic. Uh, he's 30 years old, but he can extend the play. He knows when that you know knows when to fold them and knows when to hold them, so to speak. So right. he knows when to you know run, throw it away, etc. So, and I think. As a veteran quarterback, the, these guys are comfortable in the fact that they're going to go with a hot hand. They're not going to worry about spreading the ball out. If he sees Cortland Sutton or Emmanuel Sanders open a lot in week one and Demarius Thomas has two catches, he doesn't care as long as they try and win the game. Right. So um, I think he's a definite upgrade. I'd be shocked if Paxton Lynch is not the number two. I mean, it's 
he took every second team rep in, in the offseason program. There was no competition. So I think with Chad Kelly, what they want to figure out, first of all, get him on the field, which he wasn't last year, but also decide, um, is he good enough that if they expose him to waivers, he'll get picked up? Or do they play him and say, hey, we're going to cut you, but we want you back practice quick, assuming you clear waivers? Right. I have them keeping three quarterbacks for that reason. I think they like Kelly enough to keep them. Right, absolutely. And so as we move down the the roster here a little bit, uh, we'll go in the backfield and, and look at some of these Broncos running backs. Um, a change in the guard at running back for the Broncos. No established starter at this point. Uh, Royce Freeman comes in as, as sort of the guy with a lot of expectations at Oregon in the draft. Uh, D'Angelo Henderson is a guy who is trying to rebound and kind of really establish himself early in his NFL career. How do, how do you see this group uh, kind of shaping out? Um, yeah, I think it is wide open. Uh, I think Royce Freeman is going to ultimately be the week one guy. Devontae Booker will have a role on this team. But he, his low per carry average, he's not a home run hitter. He's barely a doubles hitter. And of the guys of at least 250 carries in the last couple of years, he's 27th out of 29th in per carry average. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Royce Freeman, ultra productive in college, you know, physical runner, can catch a backfield. You know, Booker, maybe like a, a second string guy. Where it gets interesting after that is do you keep four tailbacks? Right. Do you keep D'Angelo Henderson? Do you keep the two rookies? Are you comfortable with three rookies in the room? among four tailbacks. So, you know, a great storyline to follow is um, A, who's the starting tailback, and B, how many they keep. At this point, is it, does it go without saying that it'll be by a committee approach? I mean, in today's NFL, with this roster, are there going to be, you know, is there going to be a guy getting 25-plus carries in a game from this group, do you think? No. Um, I, you know, one of Vance Joseph's mantras during the offseason program is they do want to, uh, you know, two or three guys – and you look at the research last year, it's pretty much split down the middle. You know, half the teams are a, we want a guy with 200 plus carries. The other half of the team is, the other half of the league is, we want two guys with at least 100 each. The Broncos were that way from 2012 to 2016. Vance wants to get back to that because of the attrition. You know, he wants to feel comfortable that if player A sprains his ankle and misses a game, the next guy's ready to go in, and they don't miss anything. Right, and so st- keeping with skill positions here after talking about running backs, we'll go to receivers. Um, this is a group that mixes a little bit of old with the new. Um, names you know, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, names you're going to know, uh, Cortland Sutton and, and Deshaun Hamilton, if the Broncos hit um, on these dra- draft picks where they really went mm-hmm. out of their way to, to try to give some new life to this group. Yeah, and it's Thomas and Sanders have – over a thousand catches combined. The other eleven receivers had like thirty. Whew, so there is that all or nothing. I have them keeping six receivers. Um, I do not have them keeping Carlos Henderson, uh, which we given up a third round pick from last year. I have them keeping Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, that will probably have Ooh, some careful, fans, careful. Uh, you know, uh, saying, "What's this clown doing?" <laughs> I think he showed a lot in the off-season program as a receiver. I think that's he can help them in the slot. If he wins the punt return job, then obviously he's on the team. But even if they go with like a Philip Lindsay as the punt returner, I still think there's room for Isaiah just because of that quick twitch, just because of that speed. You don't want to give on uh, give up on it too soon. Absolutely, and so 
all of these position groups, uh, we, we see a lot of things to be optimistic about, a lot of newcomers, but how much of it will matter if this offensive line doesn't stay healthy? I mean, this is a group with some veterans who are a little bit injured. You worry about that. The depth maybe isn't where they'd like it to be. How much do you, of this season's success on offense relies on that group? You think? Uh, a great deal. Uh, for Keenum to throw, he's got to have time. For Freeman to be a rookie tailback, he needs running room. It's, yeah. So we go on and on. You know, it's there. You don't want to ever start camp banged up because. Sometimes it, those injuries don't go away because it may be a knee today, but then, you, then it's your hamstring. It may be or you know, a calf muscle because you're compensating for that bum knee. So I think ideally for the Broncos, they want Bowles at left tackle, Leary at left guard, Paradis at center. I think McGovern at right guard, and then Valdir at right tackle. That starting five, not bad. It's a, it's probably better than last year because Leary's back at left guard, his natural position. Valdir is an upgrade over Menelik Watson and a bunch of other guys at right tackle. So if they get on the field and, and they have some cohesiveness early, then this does shape up. But it's very rare that all five start every game together. So that's why they have a lot of decisions to make with some depth guys. With the influx of youth and veteran guys bringing in someone like Keenum, realistically, what do you think the learning curve for this offense is going to be? I mean, you can't really put a, a number on it. This is the week that they're going to be full speed. This is when it's going to click. But for fans, maybe having a high expectations for this season, maybe, maybe tamper them, maybe don't. For this offense, how long do you think it'll take before we really see what they might be? Um, I think the passing game is going to be ahead of the run game. Uh, because they just they've had more reps doing that. I mean, there's running game. You need contact. You need tackling, etc. With this passing game, you know he should feel comfortable with four receivers and Jake Butt. We'll get to tight ends in a minute. So I think Case Keenum, if he has t- time to throw, I think he feels like he's in a rhythm with a lot of his weapons. Absolutely. And so with the tight end position, we'd be remiss not to include these fellas, uh, but they are unknowns. Maybe that's why it slipped my mind. This is a group... Uh, you wrote about them. I know, paper. right? I know, right? Of course. Uh, but this is a group uh, headlined by a guy who really has not played a, a down of football because he hadn't in Jake Butt, a guy who might have been a second round draft pick had he not torn his ACL in that Orange Bowl, gets a really his chance to, to shine in training camp. And, and see if he could live up to that potential uh, with a mixed bag of other guys. Well, what do you make of this group, Ryan? Well, inexperienced, and that's not their fault. They're just young. Um, there were times during the offseason program they couldn't cover Jake Butt. First string, second string of that. I think he's going to be a guy who makes an impact right away. After that, Jeff Hireman, probably on the roster. You know, If you keep four tailbacks, it means you're probably keeping three tight ends. That third tight end, Troy Fumagalli, is a rookie from Wisconsin. Hasn't practiced yet because of the groin surgery. I, mean, I think he may be a practice squad guy because the team probably won't jump at him on waivers since he was injured. So do you have like an Austin trailer who's 255 pounds? Can he be a blocker? What they need is they need a guy who, who can be an inline blocker if they want to go jumbo on first down and, and just hit people in the mouth. And so that's going to... They have Butt who can catch it. They have Hireman who can do a little bit of both. 
who can be that number one blocking type tight end. Absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll have to see how this this unit develops, tight ends, and all the rest of them as, as the Broncos go into training camp here. Some some great analysis from Ryan, uh, taking a look down the road, what you guys can expect um, as we get closer and closer to the season. Be sure to check out DenverPost.com. Uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter at Ryan O'Halloran and at Kyle Fredrickson uh, for the latest Broncos news, and we appreciate you listening in to this edition of the First Orange Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.